Welcome to Seek Justice, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the nuances of criminal justice. Good morning, Dennis. Good morning, Eric. So I guess this is going to be part two of discussing Bernie Sanders' outline for justice reform. And first of all, I, I wanted to point out how strange it is that when you when you click through to this to this document, uh, like through our show notes at seekjustice.fm slash zero one nine, you have to go through a CAPTCHA, the thing that to prove that you're human, to stop bots from from doing stuff on the internet. You're familiar with that, yeah. uh, and. I've never seen a website that just to get into it at all, you had to prove you were, you were human. Like one thing is if you're, if you're logging in or creating a new account, that makes a lot of sense. But I guess Bernie has so many people potentially attacking him with, uh, with internet bots that he has to do that. Hmm. Anyway. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so we left off right before the bullets of end the war on drugs and stop criminalizing addiction. And here he basically says he wants to legalize marijuana and vacate and expunge past marijuana convictions to, you know, I guess, release all these people that are that are being held for for those convictions. That seems politically problematic. Well, <laughs> Bernie never uh, shrunk from any types of uh, political uh, difficulties. But, you know, in the case of this particular area, like every other one we've talked about, there's some great stuff in here. It is a very good uh, summary, if you will, of a lot of what's wrong with the system. There's some stuff in here that he has the uh, would have the power to adjust through the through the presidency. Um, he can uh, incentivize. Uh, you know, he has said recently is a couple of days ago when some folks were criticizing him for being vague on a lot of the stuff with the states that he planned on working with the states. And so, you know, that's good um, is a general point, but but how exactly? And I think when we start looking at some of the other plans, we're going to see some different um, lists. Certainly, I would predict less comprehensive, but also perhaps more specifically detailed. I know, for example, that uh, Biden is suggesting, I believe, a $20 million, $20 billion fund, $20 billion fund uh-huh. to incentivize states. And that's not always worked. Uh, and it's very difficult to get it to work, particularly because the bureaucracy that controls that federal money, whether it's the Second Chance Act or other funds, is mired in a, in a bureaucracy and oftentimes uh, isn't focusing on how to get the work done better, uh, but focusing on uh, something less than that, which is what is your plan to do it? And then they don't provide the funding, enough funding to actually do the work. For example, they may have grants that uh, lay out how you're going to improve homelessness for returning prisoners or drug addiction, et cetera. You get money to do some planning around that, bring people together. But when it comes to actually providing more funding to do that work, more funding for housing, more funding for drug addiction, it just isn't there. And so you end up with good plans, but not a lot of uh, additional resource to get them tackled. So with those things in mind, let's take a look at this uh, section. Okay. Sure. So, you know, you mentioned, um, you know, right off the top, he's going to legalize marijuana. Uh, 
so you've got states now that are legalizing marijuana uh, in, in greater numbers. Michigan, where I am, recently passed legalization laws. They legalized that you could own it. They didn't figure out how you could purchase it. And so we're in a strange this situation where you can have two and a half ounces of marijuana, but you're, there's really no legal way to get it. You can get it for free and you can give it away if you have it. You can grow it, uh, but they haven't figured out the rest of it. And so that's a state issue. The federal government uh, continues uh, through their uh, federal uh, powers of enforcement that it is illegal. Right. And there's a conflict between state and local. So Bernie can do stuff about that. But some of that includes having to go through the Congress. And then once again, so Bernie, um, your president, Senate still controlled by Republicans. There isn't anybody who's predicting that that's going to change. Some are predicting it might be closer. Right. Uh, but it's still there. So how do you get that done? And, and then when he when he gets into another issue here, it really touches on the state uh, control issues. That is, he wants to ensure that revenue from legal marijuana is reinvested in communities hit hardest by the war on drugs. Well, that's great. Yeah. How is that going to happen? That's now you're looking at the president of the United States trying to influence what happens in the weeds on budget issues that states find very difficult, very partisan, uh, really tough, tough stuff on an issue like this, where if they uh, are legalizing marijuana, if they have, or if they're going to, they're not all that clear about how much revenue it's gonna uh, uh, get in states like, uh, uh, you know, Colorado, uh, Washington, Oregon, et cetera, that are ahead of the pack a bit, you know, they're figuring that out now, but boy, it's tough to, to try to figure that out, particularly when a lot of the profits coming from legalization is going to corporate. And that's one of the bugaboos on on what happens in a state is that if the state is um, reacting positively to the influence of the corporate push, then the corporations, huge corporations that are now taking control of the marijuana industry are being funded rather than mom and pop shops. I mean, it's not like you're going to see in states that in, you know, like, you know, inner city Detroit or inner city Chicago, that they're going to be legalizing uh, you know, growing uh, farms and, and, and whatnot and, and have that money stay in those communities that are hardest hit. It's, you know, Bernie knows better than anybody, anybody running certainly and, and certainly espouses this attack on the corporate uh, stranglehold on revenue. And this is another issue. It's a little surprising that he doesn't have any more detail on exactly how that would happen. Um, well, I mean, moves. yeah, go ahead. It could be just taxing it heavily. But then you can use those taxes to invest in the in those in those communities. But it's true that the profits, most of them are still going to be corporate. Right. But yeah. And, and, but those are state taxes as well, for the most part. I mean, I think the, the, the idea that the feds would and, and I don't know this, you can perhaps find this out for us to the degree that the uh, feds are receiving some of the taxes, certainly employment tax and, and et cetera. There is an increase in federal taxes, but the sales are state tax issues, right. and those may range from five to fifteen to twenty percent. I think uh, Michigan's is relatively low, um, but I, it's just trying to herd the states in the direction that he wants their their behavior to go. Right. Right. And, well, and, and, and it's this language that he uses. He's going to ensure right. that revenue. Well, no, you're not going to ensure it. I mean, we understand your value and your principle here, and again, repeatedly, this stuff is good. As we discussed in the previous episode, from my opinion, there's some things in here that are so 
abrasive to my sense of, of value, uh, like the abandonment of validated actuarial risk assessment instruments that are in, that it's nuts. Right. And I can't support a little, you know, the big thing if I can't support some of those major uh, smaller things. You know, and it's just so sweeping that it it really does render it a bit incredible, you know, right. uh, on top of everything else. I mean, so here he says, provide people struggling with addiction with with the health care they need by guaranteeing health care, including patient and outpatient mental health services with no co-payments or deductibles to all people as a right, not a privilege through a Medicare for all single payer program. So he's touching back that other policy. Now, here's one where you say, all right, well, that's a, a, a flagship issue with him and here he's just referencing what he's other do what what he's also doing this is one of his big deals right well so let's examine that just quickly against the same lens how are you going to get that through the senate you know it's he's 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 been criticized and i think this is uh, legitimate to a certain degree of trying to do too much too soon while other candidates are trying to move up the path which I think is probably more realistic, given that the Senate's going to be controlled by the Republicans. And so if this this flagship issue is at the heart of what he wants to do to end the war on drugs and stop criminalizing addiction, and that has a weak uh, plan of action, well, then it weakens this as well. I get the sense that Medicare for All is gaining popularity in amongst, amongst voters. Uh, but it would have to, if you look at something like, uh, like, gun control, where there's really strong popularity for increased background checks and things, but Congress doesn't do anything because they're being paid by the, by the NRA and stuff like that. I can, Medicare for all, in order to, for that to get passed, you'd have to have like 80 or 90% of, of voters being for it to, to, to counterbalance the, the, the corporate funding of Congress, I would imagine. Well, yeah, and even even if you have that, I mean, the Senate has shown itself to be relatively immune to public perception and, and whatnot, and it has to do with, uh, you know, they're there, they're there for relatively long terms, and they're running for re-election, and they're looking at their own data, and, you know, it's a it's a very, very difficult process. I mean, you, you, you continuing with this look of things, there's a lot of that stuff, you know, raise the threshold for when drug charges are federalized, as federal charges carry longer sentences, right? Well, how are you going to get that done? Work with states to fund and pursue innovative overdose prevention initiatives. All right, well, that's reasonably uh, written. Institute a full review of the current sentencing guidelines and end the sentencing disparity between crack and cocaine. That's been done to a certain extent at the federal level through the work of of, uh, the sentencing project, which led that issue where we had interviewed Mark Maurer, what is the sentencing disparity between crack and cocaine? Crack is a much harsher sentence. Crack was was it still is to a certain extent at the state level much harsher sentence. Okay. And crack is used. Uh, there's a, a racial disparity in the use of crack and right. the use of cocaine. Cocaine's a, a you know a white privilege type drug, whereas crack is is on the streets and so uh-huh. very difficult. Um, so you know here's here's just a, another great example. It's a great list of stuff. It's a it's a liberal mantra to get the stuff fixed. And it's great that he is trying to do all this stuff, but I think that it's it's very, very, very short on details in some of these things. And and I'd like to see this list put into some type of a table where, you know, he takes everything that's on the list and put it in the left-hand column and then have a column for under executive order, uh, requires uh, congressional approval, uh, another column for requires uh, state incentives and get into the level of detail. Now, I don't I don't know enough about Sanders uh, 
implementation strategies in his history, but I know in general from working with uh, Congress people who some have become governors, most famously Sam Brownback in Kansas, who I work with uh, personally, um, when he was first elected as governor of the state of Kansas, he had no idea how to move toward implementation, and he was pretty much run out of the state on a rail because he 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 did not do a good job at implementation at all of many of the things that he wanted. So these are things that require uh, a whole lot of more more detail. We'll see when we compare it to some of the other candidates whether they have done a better job at uh, making the list more realistic and, and focusing on on implementation. You want to hop up to the children? Yeah, treat children like children. So this is good stuff. Um, ending the school to prison pipeline. Black students, even in preschool, are nearly four times as likely uh, to be suspended as white students, putting them at greater risk of falling behind. Black and brown students and students with disabilities are likely to be subjected to exclusionary discipline measures than the peers. When a child's pushed out of school, they lose instructional time and more likely to become involved in the juvenile health systems. All very true. And then he says, all right, I'm going to ban prosecution of children under the age of 18 in adult courts. Huh. What's the what's what's the history on that? Uh, oh, I, don't, I don't understand oh. how uh, the whole tried as an adult um, thing came. came so to be. this is a state level issue and every state has got the authority to determine under what circumstances a uh, young person can be tried as an adult. In some states that it can be 11 or 12 years old. Wow. You can have a you can have a kid who who is you know in a in a in a situation where he murders another child, right? Uh, or mur- murders an adult. He has a weapon, uh, whatever. And because of the seriousness of the crime, they're tried as an adult. We have experience. You can research some of this. You've got 14 year olds being tried as adults. They're sentenced to uh, a term of incarceration, and the adult prison system has to make arrangements for that uh, person young person to be protected. So you got 16 year olds doing uh, life terms. Jesus. And yeah. And so yeah. there's been a movement in states and there's some data you can show in this as well of, of banning um, these young uh, age limits. And we in Michigan, for example, we just worked for years and years and years to get it changed uh, from basically incredibly young um, to uh, 18. And there was an internal push on the left of this to have it uh, pushed to 25. The brain science tells us that for uh, women, which their brain matures faster than, than men, not, not surprisingly, <laughs> <laughs> frankly, given my experience, but for, it's, it's, in the, it's in the range of 24, 25 years old before you're, you're formed. And so when you got people making decisions prior to that, then some of their wiring is just faulty and not matured enough. And so right. this is just another, it's a great idea. You want to ban the, uh, ban the prosecution in adult courts. Well, you, you got to work with states to do that. There's certainly on this table, he'd say there's some things that he could do at the federal level because there are federal crimes as well. But this is just an area where it's a great point and it's a great idea. But how exactly are you going to do it? And how are you going to get stuff through the Senate when it's Republican control? Uh, next, work to ensure that all juvenile facilities are designed for rehabilitation and growth. Okay. <laughs> that's, uh, that's pretty vague. You, know, you can incentivize that. Uh, but you know all these incentives, incentives that 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 we that not only the ones he's actually mentioned, but the ones that we know when we look at this that that's the only way to get a change. This adds up, 
And this is the same platform here that's going to Medicare for all and college tuition for all. And, you know, oh, my God, where, where is all this money going to come from? And these are the claims against Bernie right. on raising taxes to the point of, you know, being uh, similar to socialist countries that are um, so incredibly highly taxed. Uh, next, ensure youth are not jailed or imprisoned for misdemeanor offenses. That's state, maybe some federal, but state. Ensure juveniles are not housed in adult prisons. Well, see number one. Right. You know, and there's sight and sound restrictions for children uh, locked up in jails and in prisons, and those are uh, enforced. Um, but as long as you have youth being tried as adults, you're going to have an issue here. So it's just just because you write it and it's a good thing doesn't mean that it's in any way possible. And solitary confinement for youth. Abolish long mandatory minimums and life without parole sentences for youth. You know, okay, good stuff. How? When? Under what circumstances? What kind of money? Um, eliminate criminal charges for school-based disciplinary behavior uh, and invest in school nurses, counselors, teachers, assistants, small class sizes, billions and billions. Cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yep. How are you going to do it? Ensure every school has the necessary school counselors and wraparound services by providing $5 billion annually to expand the sustainable community school model. All right, well, that's related to the one above. Is $5 billion going to do it? Is that going to eliminate things? Is it going to do these things? And the use of juvenile fees. All right, well, let's go ahead and cut off some of the places where the money comes from. And, and I'm not opposed to that in an objective sense, right. but where's the money come from? Decriminalize truancy for all youth and their parents. Whoa. Eliminate federal incentives for schools to implement zero tolerance policies. Now, that is something he might be able to do if it's not protected by law or it's not a budget issue that the Congress has control of. Invest in local youth diversion programs as alternatives to the court and prison system. Okay, he can do that. He can get his Department of Justice, Bureau of Justice Assistance, Department of Justice, uh, Youth uh, Section, et cetera, to do that. So there's some reasonableness there. And then he, see how he, he, he parses this one. Work with teachers, school administrators, and disability rights movement to end restraint and seclusion discipline in schools. Now, that's much better worded. Right. If you would look at some of the ways that he describes some of these other things, this is what he would say. End restraint and seclusion discipline in schools. Right. But here he parses that with a little bit of how he's going to do it. And so it's just curious. It, it seems a little bit to me like he some of this is slapped together fairly quickly. And it's just inconsistent uh, wording that that makes it a bit uh, incredible. It's an inconsistent um, level of detail. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, have a, so, I have a question yeah. before we leave the uh, the children section. Uh, is there a is there a minimum age to be jailed? Like what's how young can you be put in in jail? Uh, we're, depends we're, on you no. Know, when you're arrested for an adult crime. Well, no, 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 no. Be... Not not necessarily an adult crime, but surely there are there are juvenile uh, prisons. Uh, what's how old do you have to be to, to to get put in prison? I mean, obviously you're not going to well, jail a two year old. Uh, well, and in, in some states you could. Even in the states where you could, it's not saying that they do. And it gets back to what the state's laws say wow. about youth that are uh, detained, arrested, et cetera. If you show up at, 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 at if the police show up at someone's home and there's a 11 year old with a gun in his hand and there's a dead person there uh -huh. and that 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 11 year old looks and says he tried to hit me. So I shot him. 
you've got to pick that child up. You've got to put that child somewhere. Now, if you're in a in a state, it's very likely that you've got a place to put that child. But you have you have a potential murder on your hands. So these are Oof. these are complicated issues, and they're state issues. Right. So when Bernie talks about getting this stuff done, he's got to figure out how he thinks he's going to get it done at the state level. And this list is so incredibly long. It's like, well, is this all you're going to be doing in your administration? Because <laughs> it's going to take the entire federal bureaucracy to get some of this stuff done. So all right, let's move the on. next the, the next section here is 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 you know similar uh, in its positiveness and its general uh, approach, but short on detail. Reform our decrepit prison system to make jails and prisons more humane. So incarceration should always be the last resort, but when it's necessary, the conditions of confinement for be safe, humane, and designed for rehabilitation. Yet too often, jails are violent and deeply destabilizing places that only fail to prepare people to reintegrate, but they affirmatively make people more traumatized, sick, and vulnerable. It's like we should have put something yeah. about uh, cruel and unusual in the Constitution or something. Yeah, right. Well, and, and, and good point. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't talk about the 13th Amendment here. The other thing that he doesn't do here that, that I pointed out in the prior episode when he was talking about law enforcement, uh, he was praising law enforcement to begin with. He did not do that with prosecution. He's not doing it here. You know, and it's it's it, now this stuff is true. and You don't need to, to whitewash it in any sense. But we've got to recognize that there are hundreds of thousands of, of men and women working in our prison systems and working in our jails that are doing the best. doing the best doing the best they possibly can the conditions for them aren't any better right. and there should be there should be something about that here if you want to get things changed if you want to implement things well here's the deal you have got to have the people at the middle management level that are committed to the change and give them the tools and resources they need to do a better job. The people at the top can say it. They can make these speeches. They can put out these comprehensive lists. They can issue edicts, resolutions. They can provide money. They can do all the things that Bernie's talking about doing. But if you don't get the hearts and minds of those people at the mid-management level and incentivize them and make certain that there's a good degree of accountability for them and that they in turn can get the staff to do what the staff needs to do. If you don't do that, you will not see change. You will waste all your money. Right. And these are some things that, that he's really got to, got to uh, focus on. His language here is, is hot. American prisons are hotbeds of human rights violations, torture, sexual assault, and wrongful imprisonment. Well, certainly... I wouldn't disagree at all about human rights violations, sexual assault, wrongful imprisonment. We do see some of that, but torture—it's uh, a bit—it's a bit strong, to, to say the least. And, and if, if you've worked in these systems, you know, uh, again, you, you you alienate the people who are part of the system, and you're not going to get anything done. Well, know, I mean, he, he uh, goes he goes ahead and and uses the T word later, proclaiming that solitary confinement is a form of torture. Uh, which I, it must be what he means, although maybe not. Yeah, well, yeah, I think you can get up. You can get you keep your statement hot without going, you know, too crazy over the top with it. He wants to enact the Prisoner Bill of Rights. And this is a guarantee, right? <laughs> Ending solitary confinement and as a form of torture and unconstitutional, plain and simple. Well, Bernie's not in charge of the Constitution. Uh, that's, you know, there's three branches, you know, co-equal branches of government that got to be involved here. He's, he's over one of them, obviously. And so th this has been uh, uh, tried in the courts and it's found not to be unconstitutional. And so if he wants to do something about this, which I hope he would, he's got to say a little bit more than just offering this, this broad 
you know, statement, you know. Um, it, it, so, it, go to the next one, access to free medical care in prisons and jails, including professional evidence-based substance abuse and trauma-informed mental health treatment. Wow, that's great. Here's, here's something to understand about the degree, the standard, what standard of, of health care do you have? There is a community health standard, which is what he's talking about here, a community health standard. Okay. Access to professional treatment, evidence-based, et cetera, right? In prisons and jails, it is not a community standard. It is a standard that is just a, it, it really means make sure that they can be kept alive. Wow. The standard in prisons and jails is lower than the community standard. They don't have a, you don't, you don't, you're not in a prison, you say, I have a headache, I want something. Right. You, if you can't get the care in prison, if you've got to go outside of prison, there's rules and regulations that restrict it. And nobody really understands that. And until they address that, which is a, a pandemic of an issue, they're not going to be able to get to this stuff. This is, you know, it's great again, but it is so freaking pie in the sky. Yeah. You know, incarcerated trans people have access to all the health care they need. Well, it's not much different than the one above. He's making a point about transgender. And again, good. But right. how? Access to free educational vocational training. Okay, where are you going to get the money for that? Where are you going to get the staff for that? You've got to have resources. One of the things that folks don't understand, and one of the reasons that programming in prison is difficult, there's no space for it. They're not built for it. There's not classrooms. You've got prisons that are bringing in trailers and redoing trailers so that you've got some programming, and that's some, some stuff that can be looked at. But it costs hundreds of thousands of dollars per prison, millions, and then into billions, et cetera. And if he wants to do something on the federal level, and I'm sorry, at the national level, beginning with the federal system, to make certain that they all have access to free educational and vocational training, the price tag on that is going to be absolutely staggering. Yeah, He wants to provide living wages and safe working conditions, including maximum work hours for all incarcerated people for their labor. Where does he say anything about the 13th Amendment to the Constitution? Uh -huh. They are can be treated as slaves. That's all there is to it. You want to change the Constitution, There's you a want process. to change the amendment, then you've got to go through the process. Tell us how you're going to do this, Bernie. How are you going to have a constitutional convention? How are you going to get past the Senate? I mean, it's good stuff, but come on now. Yeah. Give them the right to vote. Well, there's no po politics involved in that. You know, I, I think it's it's safe to assume that that uh, a lot of people locked up probably would vote Democrat. Uh -huh. <laughs> and there's been some there's been some research on this. You can take a look at what's happened in Florida, and I think there's some data that, that we can find there that, that that let us believe that it, it helps the Democrats certainly a great great deal more than it helps the Republicans, given the racial disparity disparity in the. And the uh, folks with black and brown skin uh, tend to, to, to vote in the Democratic side. But, you know, he wants to re we will re enfranchise the right to vote to millions of Americans who have had their vote taken away by a felony conviction. Well, that's just great. That's a good line in a speech. And I'm sure you're going to get a lot of applause. I don't believe you're going to get it done until you tell me how you're going to get it done. Give me the 10 steps. And when you get to step number 14, tell me how you're going to get this through the states that are often controlled both chambers by Republicans. Yes, it's just it's uh, you know, good 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 thing, good you know, good uh, principle. Right? Even if even if both even if both uh, sides of the of, of Congress were were Democrat, a lot of this stuff would be really hard to get to get sure. through. Uh, so oh. the fact that the that they're that the Republican and the Republicans have found a lot of success in their obstructionist uh, no to everything strategy like what they did to obama uh yep. you're you're not going to get anything but 
So anyway. here's, here's another broad, broad, broad measure uh, along the lines. We're going to get very repetitious about this stuff. He wants to end prison gerrymandering, ensuring incarcerated people are counted in their communities, not where they're incarcerated. That's a state issue. Sure. Controlled by the legislature, controlled by the party in charge. How are you going to get that? You're going to end it? You know, and this, the language is strong. Here's the next one is something that he can do, although he's growing federal government. Establishment of an Office of Prisoner Civil Rights and Civil Liberties within DOJ to investigate civil rights complaints from incarcerated individuals and provide independent oversight to make sure that prisoners are housed in safe, healthy environments. Quite a bureaucracy here that he wants to grow. Who's going to pay for it? Well, we're going to pay for it. What about the people that are already working in this area of the federal government? You know, uh, what are you going to not do to be able to pay for this? Next, protection from sexual abuse and harassment including mandatory federal prosecution of federal prison staff who engage in such misconduct. Good stuff. Um, how are you going to get it done? How are you going to pay for it? Yeah. Here's another one we touched on in a previous uh, note about Bernie's stuff. Access to their families by prisoners, including unlimited visits, phone calls, and video calls. This is an example of Bernie and his staff, whoever put this stuff together, so being completely out of touch around implementation. You cannot have unlimited visits in prisons. It is an amazing operational challenge on visiting day to get the stuff done. And as it stands now, they are understaffed. They are the largest source of, uh, of, of, of illegal uh, substances moving into prisons. It is very, very staff intensive. It is so wildly unrealistic that it just makes me think, Bernie, you are out of touch. You're overpromising, and I just can't support it, the whole package is just so weakened by this crazy talk. Yeah. Unlimited visits, unlimited phone calls, unlimited video calls. It's impossible to imagine. And here, the next ending this part, a determination for the most appropriate setting for people with disabilities, safe, accessible conditions for people with disabilities in prisons and jails. Okay. Great. Good. Again, you know, press the tape recorder. How are you going to do it? Who's going to pay for it? What's the incentives, et cetera? You know, um, it's a bit frustrating. Right. Next section, ensure a just transition post-release. This year, three-quarters of a million people will return home from prisons and jails. Most of them will face enormous barriers and reentry, impossible. We put an end to employment discrimination, an end to it. Eliminate barriers to training and education. Once someone has served their time, they should not be excluded from social programs, public housing, medical care. Very good. Very nice mantra. We must. We must do this. But this is what he will do. Make expungement broadly available. State issue, local jurisdiction issue. How are you going to do it? Who's going to pay for it? Over what period of time? What's the role of the presidency? Remove legal and regulatory barriers and facilitate access to services so that people returning from home and jail can build a stable and productive life. Once again, good thing. How are you going to get it done? Right, and these are these are things that we've we've talked about over the course of this podcast quite a bit. Sure. Is this reentry stuff and how you know ban the box went went wrong and stuff like that? That it's it it, 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 it sounds good, and you know for sure there won't be any unintentional consequences to any of these. Well, and, oh look, ban and, the box is actually here. And what's surprising is here as in elsewhere, he's growing federal government. He wants to create a federal agency responsible for monitoring reentry. Well, he's already got a, a federal agency that monitors reentry for federal prisoners. It's the Bureau of Prisons and their relationship with the federal court system where post-release federal prisoners are supervised. He's already got this huge state bureaucracy to do that. It just seems like he's ever writing this stuff, doesn't understand the way that it works now. 
He wants to ban the box. All right. Well, there's some negative consequences that we've talked about that in the podcast relative to racial disparity. You ban the box and the consequence that we've seen some research is that people stop or reduce the number of interviews they have for black and brown people. Uh-huh. You know, and so the research isn't clear on that. In fact, fair sentencing reform to remove unfair restrictions on occupational licensure. Very good stuff. Enact fair chance licensing reform, federal level, state level, how, who, when, the politics of it, et cetera. Increase funding for re-entering youth programs. We will also, listen to this, <laughs> the way that he writes this, we will also pass a massive youth jobs program, provide jobs and job training for disadvantaged young Americans who face high unemployment rates. Now he's back in the other, in the social sphere here, and on top of everything else, he's gonna fund a massive youth jobs program. All right, let me know what the price tag is on that. Here we go, man. Here's the next one. This isn't going to cost anything. Guarantee safe, decent, affordable housing. Guarantee it. <laughs> this, the work that I've done in the states across this country showed that there's not enough housing for taxpaying citizens to begin with. Really? For the regular people or the so-called normal people. Then you start to take a look at the people that have got criminal records. It's unbelievable how short we are. What is the price tag? How are you going to get it through the Congress? Who's going to pay for it? Yeah. Remove the profit motive from our reentry system and diversion, community supervision and treatment programs, and ensure people leaving incarceration or participating in diversion, community supervision, or treatment programs can do so free of charge. Okay, state issue. How are you going to do it? That's where some of the money's coming from. It's not all evil. You know, these people don't have any money to speak of, and so having them have to pay for it. But at the same time, it's one of the few ways that the states have been able to do any of it. If he wants to replace all that, then he's better have some pretty deep pockets. Or in other words, we better have right. deep pockets. Here's another one. This isn't overpromising. He wants to guarantee jobs and free job training at trade schools and apprenticeship programs. Guaranteed. Guaranteed jobs. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's like, come on, man. By... By forcing companies to hire uh, convicts? Uh, uh, how would you, you, the only way to guarantee jobs is to create a, a, a federal employment program. And if you want to put all these people to work doing you know, federal work, like you know, FDR did with the public works program, well, that's something that, right. that, that might work as long as you've got many, many, many billions, hundreds of billions of dollars. By, what would such a thing cost? I mean, anybody, it, it's interesting to me that and maybe it's too early in the game for anybody to take this stuff seriously, but somebody ought to uh, start to tally up what the price tag is here. Right. You know, we're we're into. I wouldn't be surprised if we're into you know a trillion damn dollars here. But but easy. you know yeah, I don't easy. know. You know. So next he, he gets into end cycles of violence and provide support to survivors of crime. America's a crisis of both too much punishment and too little accountability. Um, crime survivors want the support they need and deserve to get back on their feet. He wants to provide justice and support to crime survivors and interrupt the cycle of violence. These these intros are good. You yeah. know? I wish they were cited. I wish there was more. He does have a link here to a survey of crime survivors, you know, which uh, which is, is good. But there should be more of that. Maybe there's an annotated version of this. So when Bernie is in the White House, this is what he will do. He's going to stop the cycle of violence by prioritizing the most serious offenses. Focus law enforcement to increase the solve rate for serious offenses. Now, we're not just at federal and state, we're at the city level. Right. And he wants to focus these resources. What resources would those be? 
Whose resources are there? Is this a federally funded program? At what cost? Well, How do you get it through the Congress? And there's this implication that, you know, that these detectives aren't doing their best already. You know, there's it's like, come on, guys, you need to focus on solving these. Oh, these my crimes. God. And it's, it's not it's, it's, it's not simply about law enforcement. It's also about the court system. Of course. Right. If you have if you have witnesses, if you have victims, if you have people that are lined up and the court system is so delayed that it takes five, six months a year to get the case heard, those witnesses drop out. They may be intimidated. They may die. They may move. The victims may move on. I mean, it's this is it's a positive statement to say this, but it just shows a lack of understanding of the complexity and doesn't do a damn thing to talk about at all here how you know that would happen right. he wants to fund cure violence and similar proven effective violence interruption models well we could research that why isn't there a link here why don't we double click on this and go to it i mean this what 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 year is this bernie What's yeah there, there are no there are no external links here um, there's one just the one here is on the survey i think you can double click that and you'll you'll right. get to it yeah i know you can um Let's see, fund programs for people who are at serious risk of being either a perpetrator, a victim, or a victim of gun violence. Provide non-law enforcement-led services, including job training and placement assistance education, and help covering basic needs, such as housing, food, and transportation. What? So we're going to give jobs and food and housing to people that we determine might be a shooter. How? Uh, or a victim? Yeah, I mean, uh, wouldn't that like that's be all, that's everyone? All of it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, it's like, holy crap! What? Yeah, that that is a disaster of a of a bullet point. You know, as we go deeper and deeper in this, the incredibility here just rises, uh, just rises. Provide funding to end the national rape kit backlog and institute new rules requiring that rape kits be tested and victims are provided. Now, there's some things that he can do there at the federal level. These these. Uh, you have these rape kits that they use. The backlog to, to get the testing is, is terrible. These are state-funded issues for a large part. I think the federal government is assisting with that. Maybe it's largely federally funded. I'm not exactly sure. But there, he's got some power to be able to, to get this done. Address gender-based violence on college campuses by reversing DeVos's decision to weaken Title IX protections. Okay. He can, he can, he can get that done. Right. Uh, then there's a set of bullets on a providing adequate support to crime survivors. I'm not sure what happened to the first bullet, but it's blank. <laughs> Whatever it was, somebody got rid of it. I wonder if it was because he overpromised. <laughs> Somehow I doubt No, it. no. Maybe it was too weak. Yeah. Uh, real options and sustained resources to crime survivors. Funding sex trafficking research, immediately reauthorizing the Violence Against Women Act. All right, so funding and money and state issues and now he's got a, a, a the violence against women act as a federal <clears throat> authorization imagine requires congressional approval you've got the senate you know maybe that's something that he could get done but boy i'd like to hear more about it provide housing assistance and paid leave for victims of sexual assault good idea ching chang who's paying for it how are you going to get it done yep Expand non-police interventions for domestic violence, including a national helpline and state-funded long-term counseling. You're going to the president of the United States is going to get the states to fund non-police interventions for domestic violence and long-term counseling. Bernie, yeah, how man? According to DOJ, one in five inmates in prisons are people with a cognitive disability, while another one in five have serious mental illness. 
instead of incarceration, provide them with disabilities and services, et cetera. Not only is it the right thing to do, but it costs significantly less to provide someone with necessary support than it does to incarcerate them. Okay, let's start right here. That's true. It does cost less. But here's the thing. You're going to be funding both of these things simultaneously. If you start to address the issue of treating mental illness before incarceration, it isn't going to change for years the right. number of people in prison, and it has to change the number of people in prison to such a degree that they're actually going to be closed in facilities. Exactly. That's very tough to do. And so he starts with a, a statement here that is just shows, again, a, kind of a lack of knowledge about you know the way the world really looks and works. I don't know. It's, a, know, it's a good general idea, but actually even showing the causation of a plan that you implement now 10 years from now is, you know, that's dicey. And he's got a, he's got a link here where he's got data on uh, half of all people who die in police involved shootings have a disability. And he's, he's trying to address that here um, uh, to make a discriminatory law enforcement. Uh, and let's see, in order to protect the rights of people with disabilities, we intend to make discriminatory law enforcement interactions with people with disability a major enforcement priority of the Civil Rights Division. Now, this is some stuff that he can do with additional funding at the federal level. Uh, recognizing the humanitarian crisis in our country created by the incarceration with people with mental illness, and they're going to use the Supreme Court decision, the Olmstead decision, to challenge states that have failed to adequately support the voluntary community base. Well, those are some things that he can do at the federal level, push the states, right? He wants to bar criminal charges for school-based behavior. This is from a prior uh, bullet. Right. Um, in fact, it's the same exact bullet. He'll ensure every school has the necessary school counselors by providing $5 billion annually. I'd like to see if that's enough. Work with teachers. Uh, this is actually um, repetitive it's as well. It's similar to the, to the children's section, it's, yeah. It's identical. Invigorate and expand the compassionate release process so that people with disabilities are transitioned out of incarceration. This is a state issue. This is a parole commission issue. This is something that the federal government could push, could incentivize, or could punish for not doing it, but how? Uh, stop the criminalization of homelessness and spend $25 billion over five years. This is another redundancy from another one, so we don't need to go in it, but same questions here. Right. Is it enough? Where's, where's it come from? How's it get it managed? Now he wants to expand federal government again, create an office of disability in the Department of Justice, focus on coordinating these efforts, including the reduction of incarcerated people with disabilities, reducing recidivism, and guaranteeing, guaranteeing, I say, he loves that just reentry for people with disabilities, ensuring yep. every aspect of our justice system is ADA compliant. Okay. Wow. That, that seems good. cheap. How? When? Who? What? Investing in community living, uh, you know, I, there's there's eight or nine bullets here. I, it, it's all the same stuff, man. Some stuff he can do, and a lot of questions about how he's going to do it. Here's one that jumps out: guaranteed tuition and debt-free public colleges, universities, trade schools, and apprenticeship programs, and end the equity gap in higher education attainment for people with disabilities by ensuring all our students get the help they need so they're ready for college and receive the support they need when they're in college. That's all. Great. That's all. Let's you do. Know. Yeah, Bernie. Let's do that. So here's the here's the the, the final piece, and uh, I kind of know where we'll end up here. Investing in our communities, we spend billions in jails, prisons, 
detention awaiting trial, not enough investments on the structures and communities. Um, picks in South Carolina, we spend twice as much in incarcerating people as we do in educating. That is pandemic. You know, it's not twice as much. It's, it's, it's almost always higher, but it's not twice as much. And in South Carolina, we just had in this past year some uh, prison uh, riots and whatnot uh, because the prisons were underfunded. And so we're spending twice as much money, but it isn't enough to keep the prisons and the, and the correctional officers uh, safe. Right. So we know we have racial economic disparity. Black Americans have 10 cents of a dollar uh, that white Americans have. Latinx Americans currently have 13 cents for every dollar white Americans have, and, and et cetera, et cetera, all true. He's going to enact the federal jobs guarantee to provide good jobs. Pass a $15 minimum wage. Guarantee mental health care to people with disabilities. Provide people struggling with addiction all what they need for health care. Inpatient, outpatient, no co-payments, no deductibles. It's a right, not a privilege. Uh -huh. Provide transportation benefits to and from services. Enact family paid leave. Ensure people get the rehabilitation services they need for housing and employment. You know, on and on and on. This is good stuff. Guaranteed. It's Insured. good stuff. But once again, all in all, just to summarize, comprehensive litany of stuff, yes. Realistic, absolutely not. Yep. Plausible, implausible. What does this do at the end of the day? This makes me think that Bernie's half out of his mind. This makes me think that he's overpromising to try to get certain votes on the left because somebody, everybody's going to look at this and they're going to like something. This is bullshit. There is no way that this stuff is going to happen. Unless he produces some type of a plan, there is no way on God's green. Even if he has a plan, it better be a plan that includes being able to be president of the United States until he's about 100 years old, because this is what it would take. This makes me not want to vote for Bernie Sanders, and it's too bad because a lot of this stuff really does tug at some of the uh, passionate issues that I certainly believe in. But there's so much incredibility here that I just, I just, you know, we'll see what the other candidates do and say. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in Booker's and Kamala Harris's and, and, and Biden's and, and want to see what uh, what uh, uh, Warren's is. Maybe we'll tackle Warren's next. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is sorry, uh, Bernie. This, this, this is crazy. Like, this is crazy talk. Maybe you could do two of the 200 things that has have been listed here potentially uh, you know if, if he could he could realign this it's too late now but he could have realigned this and say i have a criminal justice reform package that's going to do a bunch of things one things that are under my power two things that i can work with the federal bureaucracy to do with congressional support right. three congressional level statutory change four incentivizing the states and penalizing the states through funding. Five, working with state governors to enact executive branch orders. Six, working with state legislators, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, and then it's like, wow. And so the, everything that's on that first list, he can do in the first year. You know, and it, because this is written this way, I just, if, if, if somebody can't run this kind of stuff as a campaign, if they can't run a campaign, they sure as hell aren't going to be able to run the country. You know, and, and right. I see this all the time. You got, you know, I, I worked with a woman who's running for governor and she was so disorganized that she couldn't get the, the, the enough people to sign up to, to get enough votes to be able to, uh, you know, to be on the ballot, to be able to run, right. to be on the ballot. And it's like, well, if you can't manage that, how in God's name are you going to manage the state bureaucracy? 
Right. You know, this, so. this whole document reminds me very much of a thing that my six-year-old says sometimes. He's just starting to understand money and that you can take a coin and give it to someone and they'll give you a thing for it. And sometimes he says, I wish all the things that I wanted were just free. <laughs> and, and, and reading this document reminds me so much of, maybe, of maybe that. that should be the subtext of these two episodes <laughs> we can we can we can we can say that that's that's maybe bernie's idea well let's end on that and let's uh, take a look at uh elizabeth warren next all right i'll talk to you later dennis Bye. thank you for listening if you like what you've just heard, you can support us by telling a friend or sharing us on social media. All of our episodes can be found on our website, seekjustice.fm. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be reached at seekjusticefm at gmail.com or via our Twitter account at seekjusticefm. See you next week.